0: Thank you for hitting the download and subscribe button on iTunes and Google Play. This is Steven Jensen. You're listening to the Fight Talk Podcast. Today's episode, I've got Doug Bateman once again. Big-time pro wrestling fan. Big-time MMA fan. Uh, Become a pretty good buddy of mine, I'd I'd like to say. Uh, I've known about him for a long time. Used to watch him do YouTube videos. Uh, Him and his buddy Bill, for those who don't know, used to do these YouTube videos that went, I mean, they basically went viral uh, talking about TNA wrestling back in the day, back when the company was getting real hot in the early 2000s. Um, you know, Doug's a great dude. He's a big uh, NFL fan, also got that in common with him as well. Uh, he's a big Cowboys fan. I'm a big Vikings fan. Uh, but nonetheless, we uh, we rep our teams, uh, win or lose, which I always respect. Um, before I get started with Doug, you know, just so you know what we're gonna talk about on this episode. Uh, It's going to be a bunch of pro wrestling talk. We're going to talk Jinder Mahal, Enzo Amore, uh, Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman, John Cena versus Roman Reigns, NXT, the Undisputed Era, and uh, is AJ Styles the best of all time? We're going to talk about all that stuff and more here on this episode. And we're also going to be airing an episode next week where me and Doug talk about a bunch of MMA stuff and we break down UFC 216 and give predictions for that as well. But that's going to be a bunch of MMA talk next week as well. So keep your uh, ears open for that. Before we get started on this pro wrestling talk, make sure to check out Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing. He is a USA boxing coach, personal trainer, and MMA conditioning expert out of Delgado Boxing in Sandy Springs, Georgia. Give him a call at 404-316-4516 or email him at brian at delgadoboxing.net. That is B-R-Y-A-N at delgadoboxing.net. Make sure to follow him on Instagram as well at BMJ MMA. Get a knockout workout without getting knocked out. Hit up Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing right now. Also, hit up Heroes and Legends. Uh, They are a pro wrestling collectible memorabilia company that specializes in action figures, vintage magazines and programs, DVDs, autographed memorabilia, and other unique pro wrestling memorabilia. Uh, Make sure to follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HLProWrestling and catch them live at WrestleCade in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. That's going to be November the 25th. I'm going to be there live as well with the great folks from Heroes and Legends and bringing along with them... Ken Shamrock and Dan Severn. So Ken Shamrock and Dan Severn, two massive legends in the worlds of MMA and pro wrestling, will be there live in the house at WrestleCade in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, November the 25th, uh, telling stories, doing pictures, autographs, the whole deal It's going to be a great time and you will not want to miss out. So check it out. Also, shout out to WrestleRumble.com. They do the best uh, pro wrestling pick contest in the world. It's basically fantasy uh, fantasy sports for wrestling. There's a bunch of questions on there. Uh, You pick the winners and losers. You pick how you think the match is going to end. You pick a whole bunch of different stipulations. It's it's great stuff. And they always have a lot of cash and great prizes on the line. So check it out at WrestleRumble.com. Stay up to date with everything they do on Twitter at WrestleRumble. And also, last but never least, check out Williamson Brothers Barbecue. They have the best sauce in the world, all natural ingredients, gluten-free. You can find it in Whole Foods, Kroger, Publix, all over the place. Uh, But it's easiest to find online. Just check out WilliamsonBros.com. Check out their whole uh, line of products and services on there. Jump on Walmart.com as well. Just type Williamson Bros in the search bar; it'll pop right up. Uh, they also have three physical locations in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Check it out themselves. Uh, check it out yourself. Uh, they check it out themselves all the time. I check it out myself too. Uh, so check it out, Williamson Bros Barbecue. Their stuff's amazing. It's a family-owned business. They buy local when possible. Help out their own local economy. They're great people, they do great stuff, and their products are delicious. So once again, thank you to Williamson Brothers Barbecue for being a part of the Fight Talk podcast. With that all being said, kick back, relax, and enjoy this episode with me and Doug Bateman talking a bunch of pro wrestling here on the Fight Talk podcast. Uh, last time I talked to you just a little bit was right after Enzo Amore won the Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, I think we have pretty similar opinions on what's going on there. Uh, I don't have the tweet pulled up, but you said something uh, that was right on point. I mean, you were like, so Enzo is now the champion of a division of a show that's centered around in-ring wrestling, and he's the worst wrestler on the roster. I can't agree more. We say the same about gender on SmackDown. Uh, what are some more of your thoughts on what we're seeing here with Enzo Amore as the Cruiserweight Champion?
1: Uh, I mean, I kind of understand business-wise why they want to do it, just just a simple fact that, you know, what lacks in the Cruiserweight division is charisma, mic skills, things like that, and so I kind of feel like they're trying to go that direction, but that's not the guy to do it, Mike. To me, it, you know, he's basically failed, in my opinion. He he had a lot of hype going in, and that tag, that tag team was not supposed to be broken up. It was way they got there and it didn't last very long before they broke him up and the feud was a joke and now he's in the cruiserweight division and it makes the cruiserweight division look lackluster because you've got a guy that in my eyes failed who is now the champion over guys that are way better wrestlers than he is so it just it looks bad in my opinion
0: Now, just out of curiosity, were you watching Two Hundred Five Live before, or like has this like like swayed your opinion on watching the show one way or another? Were you paying attention like to begin with?
1: Well, Two Hundred Five Live, like I've watched some of it, but like honestly, what's frustrated me is when those guys were in Evolve or Ring of Honor or whatever the case may be, independent shows. You just looked at them so much more seriously when they weren't defined in a division once they were defined in a division, it was just almost like you couldn't look at them seriously. You couldn't say, you know, I want to see, you know, Tozawa in the main event. Like, you just aren't allowed to say that, you know? So it, it really, to me, it hurt them. And I think it hurt indie wrestling as well. I think, you know, before when you had indie wrestling at the top, you weren't even thinking 205 division. You know, like if Ricochet for whatever, reason does sign with the wwe or whatever you know now you're having an idea well he's probably going to 205 before you were like well you know he can go to smackdown and possibly become a main eventer I that those are kind of out the window now that 205 exists so i think that's a big problem
0: yeah i couldn't agree more man and you think that they would have kind of learned from the lessons of like the late 90s mid 90s when this happened in WCW with like their cruiserweight division and they were like pigeonholed and they even do specials on their own network about how the cruiserweights were underutilized back in the 90s and how they weren't seen as a part of the rest of the roster and they, they went ahead and just did it to themselves with this whole division well, and if you look at like TNA for example I mean a lot of those guys
1: that became main eventers are from the X division And it's not the same way in the WWE where they're going to come from 205 and then go to the main event. That's not going to happen. So it's not an elevation system. It's something to hold people down. And I just, I'm not big on labels. And another thing that is weird is you're going to have someone like Adam Cole, for example, right? Like he's going to be hella over in NXT and everybody's going to be like, oh, he's the next big thing or whatever. He's the same size as these guys in 205, but yet he's gonna probably 100% skip that whole division, everything, cause it's almost like beneath him. And it just, it doesn't make sense. Same feel like a Daniel Bryan, if Daniel Bryan was around when 205 came about, that's probably where he would have ended up being. And that like, would have completely robbed us as wrestling fans from great moments in wrestling of him becoming champion and all that. So. I just, I don't know. I think 205 is the wrong direction. I think the brand extensions are wrong direction. And I think they're choosing to be champions is the wrong direction. I mean, I, you, you name it, they're messing
0: up, dude. And I'm with you with a lot of it, man. Because like you know, historically, well, not even historically. I guess I try to give the WWE the benefit of the doubt for what it is. Because for fans like myself, I gravitate towards New Japan. I gravitate towards Ring of Honor. I really like going to like even just local indie wrestling shows, that kind of stuff, where the guys are like leaving it all in the ring, and and you know I I love that kind of stuff. And when I watch WWE, I always try to take the step back, and I'm like, it's yeah, it's a PG show, and blah blah blah. But then, but you're right. I mean, like there's just there's a lot of problems. And just before I get off of 205 Live and the cruiserweights, I couldn't agree more with you know with like Adam Cole. And those kind of guys I'm terrified for Roderick Strong. I, I have been since he yeah. debuted in the company. I'm like, oh no, like this guy's gonna be two oh five live for sure and he's way too good for this shit. And that's where he's, he's gonna like wind up. Austin treatment. For sure. For sure. And it's it's a damn shame. It's like these guys are getting over. well, I mean, they're already over before coming into NXT, which is a yep. whole nother conversation, of course. But, you know, now they're in the system, they get over within the system and then they get put on something like that. It's just the wrong way to go and And, you know, speaking of the wrong direction and and the titles and stuff, I mentioned it at the beginning, Jinder Mahal. It's the same kind of thing with me as Enzo almost, where I'm like, yeah, business-wise, I get the decision. But I don't think there's been any actual statistical proof that Jinder Mahal as the champion has actually done any bigger business in in the Indian market than than it would have had he not been the champion. Like, they don't have these overwhelming numbers. And he's like the worst wrestler on the whole roster holding the most perceived, what's supposed to be the most prestigious championship in the whole in the whole world of, of wrestling uh i mean i could talk on and on about it but what are some more of your thoughts on kind of kind of where they're missing man because I, I know you could talk about it all night but what are some of your thoughts on this
1: well one thing i don't understand is like why the mid-card titles actually involve better wrestlers than the main events and i understood that back in the day like when Um, you know, you have the IC title and it was like the wrestlers, but like, the thing is is back then, if you were the Intercontinental Champion, you were close to being the number one contender, like that was like your next spot, and that's clearly not the way that the WWE uses the Intercontinental title now, Um, and I feel like that the the titles are just total props now. now it's not about who earns them, it's not about, it's just kind of like What market they need to be in, what what they think could draw ratings, you know, who they trust and who they don't trust. It's just, uh, to me, like, I was upset, like, and I I made that known and that I was really upset when JBL won the title. Um, I don't care as much now just about the product in general, so it doesn't affect me as much. But I think Jinder Mahal being a champion is a worse decision because at least
0: JBL really had uh, a tenure there. And in my opinion, he could draw, heel will heat with his promos. Um, but And he could occasionally have good matches when it came to hardcore matches, because that was what he did, that was his forte. Uh, with Jinder, there's nothing, you could put him in there with Nakamura or whoever. I'm not excited to see that guy wrestle. I know what he brings and it there's nothing that makes me go, "Oh, I have to see this match with Jinder Mahal." And that's a mistake. Yeah, yeah, once again, I couldn't agree more, man. It's it's odd that the mid-card, what we would consider to be the mid-card titles are I mean, even like on raw, it's a weird situation, right? Because the yep. the universal champion is is rarely there. So you kind of have to consider the Miz as the top champion of that brand when when Brock's not around, um, and I mean I'll give Miz his credit. I think especially on the microphone he's killing it right now. I'll give him all all the credit he's due as far as that's concerned, and I think he's done the best work of his career lately. Like it took a long time, but he's doing he's doing good work. But that's that. But that. But that's the main representation on Raw. Of it's it just it's just weird. Like the whole. All of it's weird to me. And speaking of that, like, what are your thoughts on Brock as the champion still? Uh, what did he think about his match with Strowman? Because I thought that exposed Strowman quite a bit as being a lot more green than I even realized.
1: Uh, oh, man. Well, this is my problem. And, like, you should know. <clears throat> and I'm not talking about you, but I'm just talking about in general. Like, the company should know what these guys are before you put so much time and invest so much into these storylines and you know, like in my opinion, and a lot of people won't like this, but I feel like Strowman is a lot like a Dean Ambrose, for example, okay. where Dean Ambrose got a huge push and then when it came to actually really getting a spot, he laid an egg. And I think Bray Wyatt did the same thing and I think Strowman is no different. And if you listen to Cena on the Edge and Christian Podcast, it's really just like, who is going to just say, I'm the guy now, and I'm taking it, and I don't care what kind of consequences I face or whatever, like, I want this more than the next guy, and I feel like now people are just so happy to be employed by the WWE that the motivation is not about really getting to the top, it's just about you made it because you signed the wwe contract and you know you're headlining against brock Lesnar in the main event so whatever if i don't become champion oh well i i'm, I'm making money and I'm, I'm one of the top guys right now and so i don't know but like even even Cena and reigns i felt like the the story of that match if john is giving him multiple attitude adjustments or whatever and Reigns is kicking out of everything, well John is supposed to be his equal if not more, he's supposed to try to surpass John, so why is John not kicking out of this stuff too? Because it should have been like two guys that both don't want to give up, but it just made John look so weak in my opinion, and that's not going to get Roman over. What a got Roman over is it looked like that John was kicking out of everything and he damn near killed the guy and and John barely didn't have anything left, and he lost. But to me, it just looked like, okay, well, Roman kicks out of everything, and John doesn't anymore. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I know so. what you're saying. I, I I listened to that interview with Edge and Christian and John Cena as well, Um, and I thought it was a... For anyone who hasn't listened to that, go check it out, because that's that's about as open as you'll hear John Cena speak about this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't know if this was a... I don't know if everyone could hear it, I, I, bet, I bet a lot of people noticed it, and now, I, I don't know if it was because of what I was using, but so, just a sidebar, I recently got some like, really good uh, headphones for my Xbox One, like, because I've been gaming more, more recently, they have like, the surround sound and stuff, and the reason that I mentioned this, I was wearing them while I was watching um, No Mercy, I just, they connect to the, the console, and I was like, I want to see how these sound with like, the entrances and the match and stuff, I don't know if it's because of what I was using, or if it was that blatantly obvious on the on the actual live feed. But I could hear almost every spot being called in that main event. I could hear every suplex spot, every F five spot, every I could hear everything before it happened. I, I, I yeah, it was it was wild. And the reason that I it was so important is because I think at one point I heard Brock ask Strowman what he wanted to do, and Strowman was like, "I don't know." And I was like, "Wait, whoa! He has no idea what he's doing, right?" now. it was when he he had, he had just gotten out of the Kimura, and they're just like laying on the ground in the middle of the ring, and no one's doing anything. And I could hear them talking to each other, and he didn't—he just didn't know what to do.
1: And Brock's not necessarily the type of guy that will carry you through a match. Like he—he's really there to. In my opinion, he's there to get paid, and he's there to inflict punishment stuff, but he's not a guy that's going to lay out a whole match, and this is what we're going to do, and you do this to me, and I, I, I just think Brock is more of a field guy, and once he gets in there, you know, just let you have it, and uh, if you don't know what you're doing, that could be
0: a huge problem. Yeah, and to be honest, I, I kinda heard the same kind of thing going on in the Enzo and Neville match on Enzo's side. We're like no, I, I believe that. Yeah. Oh yeah, we we all we can all believe that for sure. But uh it was it was actually a spot in the match if anyone wants to go and check it out and, and try to fact check this. I might be wrong, but this is what I how I heard it and how I saw it. There was a part in the match where Neville's kicking Enzo um Enzo's uh, the back of his head's against the bottom turnbuckle. He's kinda laying down against it, and Neville's kind of booting him in the corner. And you hear him kind of saying, like, "What like your offense, like, what's next? What's next? Enzo doesn't know what to do. So Neville just goes around and starts taunting in, like, another part of the ring to let Enzo, like, get up and start making, like, a comeback because he didn't know what to do off the ground. So it's like you just kind of hear all this stuff going on. And, you're, and while I'm watching it, I'm sitting there going, this is the WWE. Like, this is supposed to be, like, the highest level of people doing this. And the, and this is what we're getting. It's, and, and it almost takes, takes me back – to when you and your buddy Bill Were doing YouTube videos talking about like What the hell are they doing right now Like yeah. there's there, And there's other stuff out there Like n- we're, we've never been in a better world Of like accessible pro wrestling um, Have you been keeping up With the product outside the WWE at all? Um, I was looking forward to the Evolve shows And then Davey Richards didn't, didn't uh, He wasn't able to go And
1: so they put in Central Alexander But then they also had the beef with Flow Slam So they took those off and then like Ring of Honor, I've kind of paid attention to a little bit, but I haven't really watched anything. Um, I mean, honestly, nothing's really grabbing my attention to where like I have to watch this. But, you know, if people, you know, word of mouth goes around like this was really good or this was really good, then I'll try to catch it. But um, I think a lot of it is just this fatigue of, of not getting what you want in um, a lot of different areas and. You know, like even with Ring of Honor, I mean, they've lost so many guys. Uh, and so it's just almost like a completely different roster, and it's harder to uh, be emotionally invested, I guess you could say. Sure. Um, unless you love Cody Rhodes and all that, and you're really happy. But, I mean, for the most part, like, I think Cody's good. I don't think he's great. I think he definitely helped his career leaving the WWE, and I think his value went up. I think that's another thing that guys really need to think about is could your value go up by leaving the company and that doesn't mean that you have to leave forever but you might make yourself more valuable and um, make more money because of what you do outside of the WWE and you know you could look at a couple examples like Cody you could look at Matt Hardy Um, I think if Dolph Ziggler were to leave the WWE I think his value would go much, they'd be much more higher than what it is right now. Um, I think there's a lot of guys like that that they could' change the whole perception of how they're viewed by leaving the WWE and making it on the independent scene. so
0: Oh yeah, I couldn't agree with any of that more either. I mean everyone, everyone who listens to the show knows I'm a big Cody Rhodes fan. I' big I'm a, I'm a fan of a lot of those guys that have done that like Drew McIntyre perfect example guy who left yeah, raises absolutely. value and he's looking and better than Drew ever. McIntyre, I wasn't a fan at all. WWE, like, I thought the three-man band thing sucked, I wasn't, I did I thought that he came in with a lot of hype, and I wasn't that impressed, and then, like, I would see him evolve, and, like, watch his stuff, and, and TNA
1: and stuff, and, like, his mic skills, his matches, all the time. like, he was very solid, and I was like, wow, he's a lot better than I thought he was, and, I mean, you know, EC3, same thing, like, there's just a lot of guys that, once they leave... In my opinion, like, Christian, I think Christian's best singles wrestling ever was when he went to TNA. His best
0: promos, his best singles run, all that was Christian Cage and TNA. So, yeah. Man, one day we ought to just talk, like, some classic. It's funny because it's classic now, TNA, from, like, back in, like, the early 2000s. I was just watching. uh, I have, like, some old burned DVD discs that I found in, like, the bottom of a box the other day and it had all these old x division like compilations i put together just like amazing red and like Sonny siaki and like all that stuff and i was just like man i i it it just takes you back and you watch that stuff and you just go how the hell did they it's just like mind-blowing all this stuff because i mean the roster they had now they had then rather is basically what the wwe is using now to to keep afloat and i i don't know it's wild uh I don't know, man. What, what else is going on in the world of pro wrestling that's kind of got your uh, got your interest right now before we transition over into a UFC talk? No, uh, well, I like Adam Cole's debut in NXT, the Undisputed Era, with um, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. That's exciting. And it seems like it could add on members from Ring of Honor. Um, but what I think would be perfect is if the Undisputed Era attacked the main roster. And then it's
1: like, okay, these guys are completely out of control, and they're not afraid to attack anybody instead of just leaving them in NXT. And, like, a perfect example is, you know, when Adam Cole shows up, he's a star already. People know who that guy is. That's not like, who's that guy? You know, because he'll do the Adam Cole baby and the whole crowd will chant it, you know? And And that's the thing is, like, these guys, the WWE is is bringing in stars. These guys are superstars already. It might not be the same as when they brought us maybe like WCW or something like that, but the crowd has changed too. Like everything's, everybody's mostly, is a smart mark because we revolve around the internet now. And so the, the footage, all that stuff's out there. I mean, if Kenny Omega shows up in the WWE right now, that place is going to go ballistic. So, I mean, these guys are already stars and just so i want them to be treated right but what i don't like is they go to nxt usually when someone debuts that's when they have their most momentum and they're gonna go to nxt they're gonna lose all their momentum then they go to the main roster they have no idea what to do with these guys on the main roster and then they lose all their momentum and so it's, it's very frustrating. Uh, because they're
0: just not capitalizing on these guys like they could. Yeah, oh, and I mean, look at the biggest example I've seen in quite a while of them just taking something that was working out on the indies and working in TNA and then just putting it out there, but in reverse. Instead of going the NXT route, they went the SmackDown route, and I have no idea what's next for Michael Kanellis, but uh, that dude has gotten anything but over since he showed up. Well, and, and, you know, she's going to have a baby, so not on the show, then then what good is he? Because he has that's her last name. It's almost like she was the star and she just brought her her husband with her. That's you know what a, I mean Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And because like that that's the whole reason that I think that he debuted on the main roster instead of you know and you wind up skipping NXT because like she was already an established character that people knew from the WWE from before. But how ironic is it that like uh, according to, you know, the people in the know or whatever, you can make your own opinion, but Apparently, you know, the Miz Taraj was formed, you know, so that it wouldn't look so similar to the Mike and Maria thing going on on SmackDown. They wanted to have kind of the two couples kind of doing two different things. And now both of them have a pregnancy thing going on at the same exact time.
1: Right, yeah,
0: It's funny. <laughs> so, and, there it is. And the thing is, too, is if you look at Ring of Honor, it was the exact
1: opposite of how he was booked. Like, he was the guy, and then she was like his valet. Now, did they call her like the first lady of professional wrestling and all that stuff? Yeah, so like they still gave her props, they still basically made no oh, that's Maria from the WWE. She's a big star, but this is my husband and this guy is is the next big thing. And it's
0: the complete opposite in, in this one and, and uh, I don't I don't think it works at all. Not at all. All right, a couple more questions I got for you, pro wrestling wise, uh, or yeah, some sure. thoughts. Uh, first one being, you mentioned that you think there might be uh, they might be adding some people to that. Uh, what are they calling the the Cole O'Reilly Fish Stable? Uh, undisputed era is und- what the T shirts. Right, undisputed era. I, yeah. I, I really, I strongly believe Rod Strong is going to join that group. I think that's yeah, a good move. So um, and maybe maybe even Mike Kanellis, if we're just talking about like just do something to, to to group these guys, do something to help get these guys over as a group. But he doesn't quite fit kind of what they're doing. But they do have the the connection with Kanellis and Cole in the past and stuff. But um, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff they can do there. Last kind of question I got, uh, you being you know kind of the guy that was waving the flag back in the day for TNA. Um, AJ Styles you know made his name there we've seen what he did in New Japan we've seen what he's done in WWE would you consider him to be possibly the best of all time like you've seen in your lifetime because I, I think he's kind of nearing that Shawn Michaels territory for me at, at this point um, it's just they're so different and, and I'll just explain in my opinion Shawn Michaels just has so much more sports entertainment about him where it came to like how he got his singles run was by throwing, you know, his partner through a barbershop glass window and like going forth, going through like the sexy boy character and like evolving that. And we like saw him grow up, like he just embodies the WWE,
1: but I mean, When AJ came about, like, I had never seen anything like that. Like, when I first saw him and, like, the way TNA promoted him, too, was, like, this guy is, like, the real deal. The fact that AJ's done this for so long and wrestled at such a high level for so long and wrestled basically all the best guys and not, like, be exposed or anything. Like, he can hang with any of them. I mean, he's definitely in the conversation, and, you know, I personally feel like when he was first getting the WWE, like, he was really having a hell of a run, and then when they did the brand extension, like, split it to SmackDown, it's kind of died down, but, like, when he was, like, facing Roman Reigns and Cena and Dean Ambrose, and, like, all the, I mean, those matches were insane, like, he was, he was killing it every month, Um, so, it really depends on if he's going to face. Because, I mean, like, he's facing Baron Corbin coming up. That's not going to be what it should be. Um, but then it depends on what happens after that, I guess. You know what I mean? But, yeah, uh, I, I can see him being in, like, one of those go conversations. Especially if he, you know, let's just say he gives two or three more years. And that's crazy. You know what I mean? So, yeah.
0: And we've been saying, like, two or three more years for, like, almost ten years now, I feel like, with him. So, like, I mean that dude that dude's like timeless so i'm I'm hope that i hope that aj Styles keeps doing his thing because i love seeing guys like that succeed at at such a high level all right everyone and that was basically part one of my conversation with doug bateman uh next week you're gonna hear me and him talking a bunch of mixed martial arts it's a real great conversation we're gonna also do predictions for ufc 216 on that show you will not want to miss out on that so uh you know welcome doug right back in next week uh, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Fight Talk underscore. That's at F I G H T T A L K underscore. Uh, make sure to follow him as well. He gives a, a pitch of everything that he's up to on the next episode. But check him out on Twitter. Give him a follow at Doug D C B Tito four L I F. That's spelled D O U G D C B T I T O. The number four L I F. Um, he also mentions in the next episode there might be some rebranding with uh, his Twitter and the other things he's doing so that that handle may change in the near future but I'll keep you guys updated so you can keep up to date with what he's up to um, he's going to be doing YouTube again soon it sounds like also so keep your eyes out the dude's super knowledgeable if you couldn't already tell by this episode and you're going to be even more impressed when you hear our MMA conversation because we, we go for over an hour in that one and it's, it's just honestly a straight fire just just burning nuggets of MMA knowledge all over the place uh, make sure to follow my Facebook group as well, please. Just search at Fight Talk Podcast in the search bar. Uh, please subscribe on iTunes and Google Play. If you're subscribing on iTunes, please rate and comment. Just a five-star rating, any comments you want. It helps the podcast out so much. I'm going to give you some free stuff just for doing it. Just let me know you've rated, commented, or you're subscribed. Even if you're subscribed on other platforms, on you know Google Play, on Podomatic, on Stitcher, whatever it is, Podbean, um, I got free stuff for you, courtesy of the sponsors I'm going to mention at the end of the show. I got free action figures, t-shirts, uh, pick them contest entries, a whole bunch of great stuff for you guys. So, uh, so, yeah, please rate, subscribe. It helps the podcast out a lot. It really does. I know I say it all the time, but it is the truth. Also, please check out my merchandise at whatamaneuver.net. That is whatamaneuver.net. Got t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, two different uh, design logos on there right now, possibly a third coming soon. We'll see. Uh, but please check it out. It helps support the show. It helps keep the show free for, uh, for you guys. Of course, I would never imagine of charging you guys anything to listen. Um, but it helps uh, help it helps me fund it. Let's put it that way. Um, and anything you spend at oneamaneuver.net on Fight Talk Podcast merchandise goes directly back into the show to just hopefully make the show better and get great guests uh, like we had today with Doug and and other people. I'm I'm able to get and fortunate enough to get. Um, it all helps if you jump on whatamaneuver.net and help support the show. So uh, please check that out. And speaking of supporting the show, I mention my sponsors all the time. I mention them one more time. We'll get on out of here. Special thanks to WrestleRumble.com, Heroes and Legends, Brian Jensen at Doug Out of Boxing, and Williamson Brothers Barbecue. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, stay tuned for next week with Doug once again talking MMA. Maybe there will be a podcast in between. We'll see. But until then, I'll be back soon. <laughs>